welcome back to the mountains in the sea where we find the highs and lows of each and every prince album and more every other week i'm christy and this is josh and we're so glad that you're back with us today today we are doing the second half of prince's inaugural album inaugural (laughs) for you yes we covered the first five songs last time didn't make any selections today we are back with the remainder the last four songs and our selections. Oh, yeah. Very exciting stuff. Totally. That's right. The for- remainder. The remainder. It's Such like we're doing long division. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did divide, but I don't know that it was long divide. It was well, you five can't songs divide and four nine songs. and a half. So. Well, but that would leave you with a remainder. W- well, that's true. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Oh, no. Let's go. You know what? Cancel, cancel. Let's go back where we record the first podcast. We'll reissue it. No. And then we'll end with just as long. And then we'll start this one with as we're together. Okay. No. Does that sound good? We're not going to do that. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So I did forget to mention last time that there was a notable cover. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. So MC Hammer had a song, She's Soft and Wet which heavily sampled Prince's first single. I'm going to tell you, I know how I like them. I like them soft and wet. I like them soft and wet. When was that done? Like in 1990. Oh, uh, is it on? MC Hammer's Please Hammer Don't Hurt Oh, because, yeah, that was what, wasn't Prey on that too? I where, believe so. Yeah, he was a sampling... He went a little sampling crazy when it yeah. came to Prince. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing he didn't borrow from Prince was his pants. <laughs> <laughs> no. Prince had skinny pants. Yeah. And MC Hammer had the opposite of that. Like MC Hammer and Prince and maybe another person could have fit in those pants <laughs> and parachuted. That's right. And then there was also, um, I only mention this one because they were my first concert at SeaWorld San Antonio <gasps> when I was a kid. Aww. Color Me Bad uh-huh. had a song called How Deep, and it samples the main melody from Crazy You. Really? Yeah. Color Me Bad. Yep. 1993. I did not. I mean, I remember who Color Me Bad was, uh-huh. is, was? I don't know. They were. Yeah. Uh, never heard that. Yeah. Okay. I saw that it was listed and sampled. I'm like, I'm gonna have to go listen to that. Oh, is it it's accurate? A, I mean, yeah. they did. I mean, they did a. It was identifiable as crazy. You, yeah. What was Color Me Bad's big song? I don't remember. Don't it's been so long. I know they had two D's in their name. Uh huh. That's right. That's that's everything I got for you. And they played at SeaWorld San Antonio. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was like, it wasn't a separate entry fee. Oh, it was just it was like just if you got like into the park, then you, you were go subjected to, to or you could go offered to the, the opportunity. Yeah, offered the opportunity. Okay. And we went because we pulled up next to a radio station van. I one, remember and, this story. Uh, yeah. We waved at them. Uh-huh. And they handed us coupons to get into SeaWorld for $10 a person. It was you and your girlfriends, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. We had, mm-hmm. a, we had a good time. I didn't pay much attention to the concert because we were far back. Yeah. So it didn't really matter. 
I'm sure they worked hard. I mean, you know, you're playing for the fish. (laughs) That's right. And there were several other songs that have been sampled from For You, but I'm not going to mention all of them because there's a lot of them, but a lot of them are smaller, lesser known artists. So not everybody would hear this and immediately know who they were or the songs were sampled amongst 15 or more other samples of other songs. So there was a whole period. Yeah. Yeah. A whole period where a lot of people would sample a whole bunch of songs and that's how they made their song. Yeah. 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 There were a few of those. Okay. I didn't realize there was quite that much. I had please hammer. Don't hurt them on cassette when it came out. Then you must have heard uh, she's soft and wet. I think it reminded me of T.C. Ellis a little bit, if I remember the cover. Uh It's somewhat like rap spoken. I mean, that was MC. MC Hammer didn't do a lot of falsetto singing. Mm -hmm. So, okay. I'm going to guess, Christy, that you might post some of these things (laughs) in places for people who are interested to... Explore and find. That's right. If you'd like to hear How Deep by Color Me Bad or She's Soft and Wet by MC Hammer. I'm sure the, many people are just. I the, mean, clamoring. The bit is being chomped. That's right. They can't wait. Yep. Or any of the other songs on For You. They're yeah. all available uh, easily on the internet from official sources. Right. So I'll post links to all of that stuff and much more on Facebook, the Mountains and the Sea of Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter, now known as X, at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast, or you can send us an email at tmatspodcast at gmail.com if you don't do the socials. So we made it through... Just as long as we're together. The whole thing, we didn't stop at just as long. Right. We did all of it. Right. Uh, we went through the entire song. We didn't <laughs> stop halfway through. Right. Just as long as... This is it, oh, jokers. What? what? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so we're picking up today, starting with the second ballad. That's right. I mean, the second, certainly slower song, truly is a ballad. Mm-hmm. Baby. That's right. You might think... It refers to a lover of his, but, and it, it sort of does. Uh huh. But it's also, you know, the payoff at the end of the song. That's too. right. Yeah. That's right. You get increasing hints as to what this is about. Yeah. 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 Another relatively short song. We talked about this on the first episode we covered for you that there was, there are some lengthy tracks and there's mm-hmm. also like three minutes and shorter. Yeah. This is right in there. Three minutes and nine seconds. That's right. And it's the B-side to Why You Want to Treat Me So Bad from Prince's eponymous second album. Yeah, that was released the year after That's right. this. Or I guess the I guess the single came out in 1980, so okay. it was a little more than a year after this. Yeah. I never realized and never did much digging to learn more about this song as I have professed. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the previous episode, this is not an album that I've spent an awful lot of time with. I've listened to it, but never with the amount of focus and attention that we're giving it you know, here. So this sure. has been a fun process for me, but didn't realize that this is a song that was... Obviously, it wasn't about Prince's experience. Yeah, because, it was not believed to be autobiographical. Yeah, but that it was based on stories uh, that he had heard friends. from friends who had been 
living with their girlfriend and whoopsie daisy. Uh huh. Things happen. And a baby's on the way, and you know, they're both either just fresh out of high school or mm-hmm. maybe still in high school. But I mean, a ser- much a ser- more serious song than, you know, what you're going to do after high school by the time. <laughs> right. Um, and, so it does have yeah. serious undertones, and it's a. We called some songs off of Emancipation. Actually, outtakes from Emancipation, a little schmaltzy. Uh, sure. This certainly has some schmaltz. Sure. That's fine. I can I can totally see that. Mm-hmm. Um, it does start with some very sweet ooze and some uh, really fun, punctuating drums. It's like a, a like a tune up, you know, this ooze build up kind uh-huh. of thing yeah, as the like, song starts, and I'm not saying it in a bad way. Yeah, it's not like a orchestra tune up where it's kind of a cacophony. Yeah, it's a little more organized than that. But right. yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, but and speaking of an orchestra, did you read that early in the song's beginnings that there was an orchestra brought in when he? recorded this earlier, like in 1976 and 77, at Sound 80 in Minneapolis, which we mentioned at the last episode, I think, before he even signed a contract with Warner Brothers, Uh an ensemble of musicians from WAYL, a Minneapolis radio station, were brought in to add strings, like live orchestral accompaniment, and Prince ended up preferring the synthetic strings over the oh, orchestra. Okay. Yeah. So there is kind of this orchestra feeling to it though. Right? Yeah, there are some string synthesizers at 2 minutes and 18 seconds that mm-hmm. are uh, very pleasant. Mhm. Uh yeah, like I said ballad. Ballad, mm-hmm. ballad, ballad. And uh, it starts with this chorus, and it kind of leaves you wondering what the problem is. I'm like, what are they going to do about being too deeply in love? What? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of kind of the thing. Is there is a pregnancy mm-hmm. that has resulted from their love? Yeah, you don't know. You're man. You're but really. You, uh, you're like. You're. you're what is spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But yeah, the first time you listen to this, there's some kind of strain on their relationship, right? Uh huh. Yes. And, and what is that strain? Com- it sounds like they just love each other too intensely. Uh, maybe so, or maybe Prince thinks that she's too infatuated with him, and a mm. twist from in love. Mm where he was wrong about all of that and right. was, you know, probably not noticed at all. There are also some doo there's some doo-wop stuff going on throughout this first well, first chorus like you said, baby what are we going to do? There's a doo I'm so in love with you at 31 seconds. There's another doo behind that. Some background prince doo-wops going on. Very cool. Mhm. So, yes, like you said, chorus kicks it off. Verse one starts to tell, starts to peel the onion, you might say. That's right. Now they're 
living together uh-huh. still. Yeah. Or yeah. get married. We get the impression something's forcing them to make a choice. Right. And I heard strings come in here at 54 seconds, too. Okay. That was sort of my first little check mark on the synthetic strings, you might say. Also, some deference. He asked the questions, right? Should we go on living together? So they've been Uh living together a long time. So you're like, oh, are they talking about breaking up or what's happening? Right. Uh, Or should we get married right away? Uh Uh-huh. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe. Something's forced on a choice. Are they moving? Yeah, yeah. Um, What's happening here? Maybe a job opportunity. Uh, (laughs) Whatever you decide, I'll still love you, baby. I was like, Prince letting a partner decide something that will affect his life? What? Yeah. And something that he could claim as his own also? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. That is more mature than a lot of what we heard (laughs) uh, in kind of Prince's more older yet immature moments. There's some of that on the gold experience or some of that in emancipation, maybe a little naivety. Uh Uh, And here it's just sort of like, I don't even know if he realizes how it, how we said it, you know, he just kind of like, this is how I'm going to like, whatever you decide, I'm going to love you forever Uh without like, Ooh, wait a minute. That's Uh out of character. (laughs) (laughs) Not completely out of character, but also as we said up front, this wasn't, his own story either. So that's important to keep in mind also. Agreed. Then we get this really excellent little choir of princes at like a minute and 10 seconds. It's very, very nice. I was wondering if you caught a little gold experience Easter egg at this moment by the (laughs) astounded look on your face. I'm going to guess not. So that very moment when he says, and we'll go stronger every day, uh, at a minute and 12 seconds, there's a drum break. This boom, boom, boom. Straight from your favorite Prince album, which we have covered on this very show, uh-huh. it was reused in "I Hate You" and was like the basically the hook on uh-huh. "I Hate You." Even the wow. "I Hate You," it was completely reused. Wow! In "I Hate You," some nearly twenty years later. Um, you can hear it. At 44 seconds in I Hate You, where he says, I hope you had some, baby, if not, boo-hoo, boom, boom, boom. I hope you had some, baby, if not, boo-hoo. It's a but I hate you. Yes, Straight from that, baby. As soon as you said it, I was like, oh, <sighs> <sighs> oh my word. Yeah. How did I miss it? So, I mean, a very unrelated song, I would say. It's related in the fact that it's a ballad. The Uh two songs have nothing else in common whatsoever. So maybe that they uh, illustrate how much his attitudes might change. 
about that sort of thing. Yes, or how, like, this is a very clear example, again, of him telling a story that he's not a part of. Right. Or, like, I hate you is this very personal, you know, thing. And we see the true nature, you know, of, you know, the moment of being hurt. Of course, you say things maybe you don't mean. Uh Uh-huh. Or you sing things you don't mean. Uh Uh-huh. In Prince's case. Or he meant them, and he was just... (laughs) Done. <laughs> a little unkind about it. It could be too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we get a second chorus, but it's changed Sli- yeah, a little bit. Slightly different lyrics. Brings us closer to the point of the whole song, which is yeah. I barely have enough money for two. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. There's a There's third, a third person. Is her mom moving in with them? Uh-huh. Or? The mailman that needs a place to she stay? She wants to get a cat. <gasps> oh, yes. yep. A little baby cat. Uh-huh. That kitten. That must be it, Christy. That must be it. Yeah. Yeah. Also a moment here of, I say taking responsibility, but you know the end of that chorus where he says, I don't want to regret what I've done to you. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it was certainly an act they did together, but she's the one that her, you know, her body will change. I mean, assuming that it's a cat, of course, Uh maybe she's allergic to cats and her belly might puff up (laughs) from the allergy. I don't know. I just thought there, there's like, oh, it's something that he did. Uh He's saying he did. Yeah. It wasn't something we did together. Uh So it's her decision. He did it. Because of his actions. Uh Uh-huh. And, but it's also something that happened to him. Oh, very much so. Because oh, yeah. This is where this I'm have like. happened <laughs> to a very careful man like me? I'm yes. like, oh, what? Did the cat have kittens under the stairs? <laughs> Yeah, I thought I'd put the cat traps out, but I was wrong. Yeah, I was like, what? This would happen to me? Uh-huh. Um, I'm like, this is a very 70s view of sex, I think. Y- yeah, that like the man very, did it. He and, did it to her, and yeah. it's happening to him. True. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The woman know. is the passive figure when it comes to wanting a cat, maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah, I completely agree. However... Like he redemption comes pretty quickly after that line, also, it really right? Does. With the baby, pretty baby, we're gonna work it out. Yeah, we're going to work it out. Uh huh. I love you. I love you. Can't you see? Yeah. Well, I like mean, very sweet I would theme. say from a 19-year... I mean, if you think of him singing from the experience point of view, which is sort sure. of like the you know the pretend nature of the song, that's also a mature response that I would think uh-huh. as a pregnant, probably teenage girl yeah. uh, would be fairly comforting. Right, and that he loves her whether there's a baby or not. Yep. Right, or mm-hmm. a, a cat or not. That's right. Uh, yeah, a cat. <laughs> yep. There are more Prince vocals and strings going on in the background at two minutes and 25 seconds, which is, I think, where you mentioned there were 
strings earlier. Very like, I don't know, instrumentally deep song. Yeah. Oh, and then in case you didn't get the fairly obvious references. Yeah. It is a young couple navigating a surprise pregnancy, mm-hmm. but he's very sweet and very romantic. I hope our baby has eyes just like yours. Of the song, uh-huh. and you it's get almost sweet. a repetition. You get bookended by these big instrumental moments, uh-huh. and even how it ends with a little piano hit at the end. Uh-huh. It sounds it sounds very recitalish to me, not in a bad way, um, but it doesn't sound like a super improv song. It sounds like a song that he worked on a lot uh-huh. to me. Yeah. Very simple. I think overall, if you told me, oh, hey, you're going to listen to a song from the late 70s by Prince about getting a girl pregnant as a teenager, how do you think that's going to go? I think that this, yeah, it is overall sweet. There were maybe some missteps and maybe, you know, like a private moment aside, this would be a thing that would be natural for a 19 year old boy to think, like, you know, use protection or, you know, uh-huh. whatever. Right. He's however careful he was. Right. Whatever and that he's, means. He's understanding. Maybe, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing. Okay. I'm guessing careful like the, wasn't as careful as it should have been. Yeah. Careful means like leaving the scene of the crime just as <laughs> the crime is happening, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of, there's more uh, to admire about his approach than there is that is troublesome. Uh-huh. So on balance, it's a fairly solid moral effort yeah. by Prince or the person he's portraying in the song. Right. Fair enough? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is pretty mature. That's pretty good. I agree. And I yeah. also like th- was thinking of this. I'm like, this guy is like younger than our own teenage son uh, when this thing was put together. About the same age. Well, our I son mean... He had a version of it in 76, 77. Oh, this is true. So I'm saying so, yes. this has been in development for a while. Right. We'll call it about the age of our uh-huh, sophomore in college yeah. son. Yeah. So, you know, that kind of puts into perspective like the kind of, you know, still developing yeah, brain. brain of a young man. Speaking as a man, I can say. I don't know. I don't know when I fully developed. All I know is like I immediately started declining <laughs> after <laughs> after 40. So I don't know when like the peak moment is mentally, uh-huh. but Prince isn't there yet. Yeah. And you feel like you're past that? No, way past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So I think following up a song like Baby, which essentially says... You know, this moment of, oh, geez, uh-huh. holy crap. Uh-huh. Uh, we to, have a big decision to make. Yeah, but then, like, even like to have the discussion of, mm-hmm. are we just going to live together? Are we going to get married? It's your decision. Uh, I don't want to regret this. Uh-huh. How could this happen to me? <laughs> Whatever you decide, we're going to work it out. I love you just uh-huh. the same. And then ending with, well, I just hope that 
Our baby Our looks child like you. looks like you because uh-huh. you're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Following that up with My Love is Forever, uh-huh. I've got to give credit to tracking yes. on a nine-song album because baby kind of comes out of the blue a little bit. There's a lot right. of lo- love and sex. I mean, I guess that's what babies come after. Not uh-huh. necessarily the love part, but certainly the sex part. Right. You know, it kind of inserts itself there in the middle of the album that there is a <laughs> grow up. It's just not what I... I mean, if you listen to his next album, uh, certainly Dirty Mind, yeah. like a baby is the lead. He just wants to ejaculate. Uh-huh. That's the <laughs> that's, that's right. the goal. That's right. right. This has a little more like... Yeah, there's like some... I'm going to plant my... I'm just going to make you laugh too. Like a s- <laughs> plant a flag in the ground. <laughs> I'm going to take my sugar cane and plant it right here. <laughs> There's some very like forever. If this is you know like c- commitment is part of this, uh-huh. which yeah. is yeah surprising. Yeah, it's nice. Mm-hmm. Agree. So my love is forever. A more medium sized four minutes and nine seconds. Mm-hmm. Yes, this uh, was also the B side to I want to be your lover. Mm-hmm. Also from Prince. Yeah, I think there was a lot of trying to get, you know, wring every penny out of the $180,000 uh-huh. or whatever it was that was spent on these nine songs that many of them appear as B-sides to future albums, even though Prince had many other songs recorded and right. ready to go. Yeah, but it's no, we can boost sales of your previous catalog. catalog. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by including like, oh, you like... I want to be your lover, which uh-huh. was a you know a big hit, and I could see I want to be your lover and my love is forever kind of working pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I can too. Yeah. So Chris Moon wrote some of the lyrics for the song. Yes, and or actually he wrote lyrics for the song, and then Prince changed a bunch of them. Right. Yeah. So, um, but Moon isn't credited as they came to an agreement. Yeah. That. Prince was going to get full credit for this song and Chris Moon was getting credit for Make It Through the Storm, mm-hmm. which they also collaborated on with Sue Ann and was released as a B-side to her song, Let Me Let You Rock Me yep. in 1981. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I don't, I mean, I don't know why it mattered. They both worked on them, share it, or maybe there were plans that this would Maybe be a single and the other song you kind of gave away. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Um, but in any case, this kicks off, you know, sort of a turnaround. Not a turnaround completely, right? So we start for you, sort of this acapella thing, and then in love and soft and wet, faster, uh, kind of disco funk type things, crazy. Crazy you. Crazy you is ballad, and then just as long as we're together is back upbeat again. Then we get mm-hmm. baby back to the ballad, and now here this song is it's more of a I don't know a softer mid tempo song that hasn't really been heard yet. You know, there's been these uh-huh. strong moments and soft moments, and then my love is forever kind of fits in the middle in the middle of them a little bit to me. I said that this sounded like all the 70s easy listening music that yeah. I heard as a kid. Yeah. That little xylophone bell thing that mm-hmm. starts. Mm-hmm. It's not disco, yeah. but it is dated to the 70s. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, I mean, it's a little like it's a little white man overbite kind of song. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean that in a bad mean. way because I think this song has a place, and the side of Prince has a place on an album like this. The kind of smooth. It's to me, it's like what Money Don't Matter Tonight did on Diamonds and Pearls. You know, it was this uh-huh. hip hop kind of. You know, it's got some rap on it, but then all of a sudden, there's this smooth simpler song that did break up the tempo song some okay. so that's kind of how i see my love is forever okay that's fair with my overbite there's some pretty fabulous rhythm guitar in the left channel mm-hmm. is very enjoyable i had it uh noted also at 30 31 seconds or so there's some really great rhythm guitar going on Yeah, we're back to like devotion again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if you yeah. see this as a timeline, that's a story told from start to finish in a linear way. That's how I. I mean, that's the order of the song. So if I'm thinking of his, the object of his affection being someone he's made a commitment to, uh-huh. and she's pregnant, and here he is, like being infatuated again. Uh huh. That's right. And uh, she's the weather for all his moods. Yes, it She's is. the wind and rain. Exactly. She's the sky that's so blue. She, that's right. Yeah. She's also natural landscapes like a river that take away takes away his pain. It's another <laughs> uh-huh. reference to river again. Uh-huh. We should also say this was initially called Love is Forever and then changed for this album to be My My Love Love is Forever, Forever. even though he does sing it as Love is Forever a couple times in Uh the finished version, too. Yeah. There's a, this is a very now thing that I noticed Mm -hmm. in this song, which wouldn't have been something he could have ever probably envisioned. But there's a loud bell, like at 45 seconds, and it sounds like the incoming text chime. Oh, really? <laughs> Ding. My and love I is really forever, but was... hold on, I gotta take this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, oh, okay. wait. And I realized as I listened to it over and over, I wasn't getting a text every time. Uh huh. Oh, yeah, it yeah. It was in the, the song. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was Prince getting a text. He was ahead of his time. That's true. Yeah. There's some very. Yeah, this, like you said, has a mid-tempo, smooth, late uh-huh. 70s kind of feel, especially as he sings, I'll never, never stop loving you. I'll never, never stop wanting you. I'll never, never get enough of you. Love is forever. Like, I want to just throw my arms up and, you know, uh-huh. electric slide a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, do a little, uh, mm-hmm. s- what, the seatbelt one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah sorry. I'm going to get my change out of my pocket and throw <laughs> it up in the air. Um, yeah. Yeah. Also, our first hint of a little guitar solo for the first time on this album yes. at a minute and 52 seconds. It kind of like makes a strong appearance, but doesn't quite commit just yet. Uh huh. Like 
It's a Hello, little tease. Welcome to the party, guitar. Uh, that's right. We've been wanting you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we get they, at like two minutes and fifty seconds. They really come in mm-hmm. nice yes. and strongly with the proper guitar solo. Yes. Yeah. Also, lots of doo doo da doo doos mm-hmm. going on behind them all. So at first I was like, this is kind of a cheesy thing, but it also follows a little bit of a cheesy thing. Baby uh-huh. is a little, you know, yeah. it, I mean, it tries to have this M. Night Shyamalan ending. <laughs> another another <laughs> that reference that wouldn't uh, mean anything to uh, no, for a long time. No, no, no. But, uh-huh. you know, like you feel like it's going to be a surprise and it worked maybe once. And yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> Only if then Mel Gibson comes <laughs> along and <laughs> Mel Gibson. He was in the one with uh, what swing the oh, alien one. Yeah, the alien that one. It was supposed to be super twisty, but it uh-huh. was almost like oh, like you yeah. whole time you were waiting for it to see an alien. It wasn't really a twist. It was just like he wasn't crazy with his aluminum foil head. Uh-huh. You know, um, aluminum foil head. His hat. <laughs> Wow. No wonder he couldn't connect the dots. His head was made of aluminum foil. It's a modern day tin man. Don't use the microwave. It's too dangerous. Um, but my point is, I think that it has a nice little spot sort of like on the entering the last two songs of the album. Sure. This is a nice little almost palate cleanser as you enter the home stretch. It's a very accessible, very easy, very, you know, typical sort of 70s song. It is. You know, you do get this complicated synth pattern Mm kind of at the end, which is very interesting. It's yeah. got this very, very long fade. It does have you, a super long fade, yes. but it almost sounds... It almost fits thematically. I feel so hypocritical standing here saying, the fade's okay, when I've like bemoaned fades on so many songs. I mean, but they do work, and it almost sounds better on a 70s-style sure. album. Sure. And it kind of fits thematically. The fade is so long, it's kind of indicating that this mm. is a song that is going to continue... On forever, yeah. just like the love. It does. And we talked, made a number of comparisons on the last episode to, you know, his professions of love forever being like the most um, easy way to read it was he's singing to a woman that is the object of his affection, but that you could also see it as a promise of, I'm going to work hard, I'm going to make music forever. This is going to be my life, you uh-huh. know, and he's like, uh, this is the very first chapter in a very long book. So I kind of see this can, this song can be seen that way. Also mm-hmm. him singing either to music itself uh-huh. or to the audience or to the audience. But I think for him personally, like you're the only thing that keeps me going. You're the only thing that keeps my love alive. And he hits a super high note at two minutes and 15 seconds on keeps you're the only thing that I'll ever need. You don't have to worry. My love is forever. Yeah. 
don't think that that's at all what he really meant, but no. in totality, now that his career has obviously come to a close, there's more that he has done that we haven't heard yet. But as of now in 2023, uh-huh. seven years after his passing and listening to the, you know, the, the youngest Prince ever was on record, essentially, it does have that underlying meaning, which I think is really pretty special too. Yeah, that's great. Then... We have the B-side to Soft and Wet, So Blue. So Blue. Mm-hmm. Andre Simone said that Joni Mitchell's 1976 album, Hijira, which mm-hmm. means a long journey or migration. Right. Uh, specifically, the song Blue Motel Room was an inspiration for this song. Yeah. And there's a very pretty cover by... Oh, of So Blue? Of So Blue by Mommy... Um, on the Tune Den live YouTube page. I'll have a link to that, and it's very, very pretty. I'll, like, love a lot of her other music. It's fine. It'd be situationally appropriate. It's just not the kind of thing that I would probably listen to just on its own. Okay. But her cover of it is really, really well done. Her and a guitar, and Mm -hmm. it's very nice. I did not know that uh, Joni Mitchell was the inspiration for this, and I've listened to, I mean, I've known of the song i haven't studied it like i've said but uh, i think it's so cool to think of prince the young prince uh, again like a young black multi-talented musician extremely talented vocalist having this fixation with somebody like Joni mitchell that Uh seems so different from him outside of like the vivid like watercolor pictures that she would paint with her voice and with her guitar that's the real connection to right. me between prince i don't but i mean for what more than that is like he loved her music and would end up meeting her and covering her song uh-huh. uh, case of you uh-huh. uh, multiple times committing it to record um, there's pictures of them together in the early 2000s i think uh-huh. um you know parties together and just to think of like wow little 19-year-old prince, you're going to hang with this person and she's going to have respect for your work uh-huh. is a pretty cool, you know, turn of events. Yeah. Um, and probably not anything that he ever expected. I also didn't know that, um, you know, there are these now famous pictures of Prince on Record Store Day in 2016, not long before he passed away at the Electric Fetus uh-huh. buying records and yeah. that this album by Joni Mitchell was oh. one of the ones that he purchased oh. that day. Isn't that funny? Cause you know, he already had it and he's just buying it in a different format or, or just maybe or lost replaced. it or, or he's talked about having things stolen too. Uh-huh. So I could see that might've, might've walked off or he, he just, or it broke. Uh, or, yeah. Or he you wore know, it out. A, yeah. I was going to say if yeah. it's a record. Yeah. Or, even in Prince's mind, like I'll never, I'm not going to put this on the, I just want to go support record store, uh, record day. store day and buy records by, it was uh Joni Mitchell, uh, the Chambers brothers, Stevie wonder, um, Santana, these types of, there was all, you know, his contemporaries who had a lot of respect for, and actually many that he worked with and interacted with. I thought you were talking about when you talked about the cover of So Blue, I went to that that you said wasn't it was like situationally appropriate for you to care for it. No, no, I liked her the rest of her music. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. situationally appropriate. Yeah. I wouldn't like love it, but her cover of yeah. So Blue is beautiful. Yeah. 
I went and listened and skimmed through this Joni Mitchell album uh-huh. to realize the same thing. Like I certainly respect Joni Mitchell. I appreciate uh-huh. the. Uh, I'm glad that she's been you know this renowned uh-huh. uh, like American right. just salt of the earth type music. Yeah, but it's not what you care for. You're oh. not. You don't like the uh, the folk. Yeah, I mean it is very kinda. like American folk. Uh huh. Music. I always yeah. kind of think of her as like the more feminist opposite side of the coin to John Denver. Oh, yeah. 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 Like mm-hmm. John Denver right. is really very like nature. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, that mm-hmm. kind of folk music. And Joni Mitchell's kind of a feminine and different but still related version. Yeah. They, they, they're like in the same little compartment of music. Even sure. Even though they're, yeah, yin, yin and yang, but in the same category. Sure. Kind of, yeah. I didn't know, this was on Prince Vault also, that a cover of Hijira can be seen briefly during Under the Cherry Moon. Oh, no, that's cool. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Definitely was done purposefully. and Yes. Maybe could have been the version of the album that he had that maybe got lost on the set uh-huh. of Under the Cherry oh, Moon. Oh, that would make sense. Because they the to, shipped it all the way to France. Of course. And then yep. it walked off or yeah. somebody thought it was just a prop and didn't realize it was from his collection or something. Maybe. Who I blame Jerome. That seems like one thing he would do. <laughs> in his skin with him. <laughs> That's right. Chocolate butterscotch. <laughs> uh, yeah, like Joni Mitchell, the part that really sounds like Joni Mitchell is this almost disconnected beginning of the song, yeah. but is this super Swift, fast, complicated yeah. guitars. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, it really does have an intro, unlike the rest of the song, which really actually starts at about 13 seconds. So there's about 12 seconds of this kind of upbeat doodling, and then Uh it turns into kind of, you can hear the strumming of the acoustic guitar, and there's some kind of buzzy wah-wah synths that go on top of it that date it. horns that sound fake. Yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, if Prince had wanted or liked the sound of actual horns, it could have had them, but I think it was also a... I don't want to involve anyone else. I'm going to do this. I can have control and this is what I can do. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Yep. Very, very slowly sung. It's very poetic. Mm -hmm. Um, Not worried about rhyming in certain ways or in conventional ways. Right. uh, Which also is kind of a Joni Mitchell thing too. Yeah. He's lamenting that his lover is gone. Yeah, he had everything he needed, but now my life is so blue. Mm-hmm. His life, not mine. I'm fine. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to make it through. I'm going to make it through the storm. <laughs> Man, he has a very Minneapolis sentiment here. Mm, yeah. Even though the sun <laughs> is shining, I spend my day crying over you. Even though. And I'm like, 
we live in a place where the sun shines a lot. To think that you can't be unhappy mm-hmm. uh, uh, in a place where the sun is shining a lot is very funny to me, yeah. especially since I just read an article this oh, morning yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. about how extreme weather of any kind can cause seasonal affective disorder. So we normally associate that with like Minneapolis in yeah. January Cloud when there's like, gray. It's, it's gray and cloudy and you hardly see the sun and that makes you sad. Yeah. Well, uh, turns out that extreme temperatures of either type, like we've been experiencing here in South Central Texas for this summer, we just broke the more than 60 days of 100 plus degree temperatures. Yeah, but we all get a prize though, right? Yeah, the prize is seasonal affective disorder. Yeah, I think it's just like periods, extended periods of the same old crap. Uh, I mean, but it's... make your brain go a little haywire. You know what? If the same old crap was 70 degrees, I'd be okay with it. But... Sure. (laughs) If it was gorgeous... You're right. I mean, the extreme part of it is key. It's got to be a a little unpleasant. And like a cloudy, snowy day, Uh every once in a while, it'll be just fine. Or a, oh, geez, it's going to be 104 today. Wow. But yeah, but... You know, next week it'll be back in the low 90s. Right. We can get through it and maybe not be so blue, maybe just a little blue. Uh huh. Yeah, no, we're so blue. We're so blue. So blue. Yep. Yep. His Minneapolis and also the kind of nasally delivery that mm-hmm. Prince is known for, not in a bad way, but he does use his nose a lot in his technique and singing when he sings, I feel just like the sky at. Two minutes and 27 seconds. There's a little more echo on the word sky also. Okay. I feel just like the sky. Just a simple lyric, right? I feel just like the sky. Oh, Uh so blue. Yeah. Very, very simple. Yeah. Um, But very, so interesting. Because normally if you think if you were... Like the sky, that's, you know, that azure sort of blue sky that you think of is generally a happy feeling. But or here he like is. Blue, like blue sky is like endless possibilities. Right. Like he's a, here's a blue sky idea. Uh-huh. You know, right. I'm thinking out of the box. Anything's possible, but he has turned it into. To, yes. Yeah. It's, blue being sad, like little boy blue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Blue is also the opposite of like the colors that I associate with this album being like yellows and oranges on the cover photo. Sure. I don't know that that means anything to anybody but me, but (laughs) on an album like this, where I think of like the classic seventies, like the side of the A team's van, the van's Brown and there's yellow and orange stripes on it, you know, Brown and orange and like Dusty kinds of yeah. things, like the dust so cover. So on the other, yeah, the <laughs> dust cover. <laughs> so like the color blue is a little unexpected to me as I think of it, like from a you know visual album sure. sort of thing. What colors are he is uh, you know are being painted by Prince here? Um, so to take the opposite of that, but also take blue sky and turn it into sadness sure. and missing. Yeah is like, probably more complicated and deep than he 
even realized. Realized or yeah, intended. Yeah, because like, oh, I have all these possibilities and I want none of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All that's I right. want is this one thing yeah, that I no longer gone. have. Mm-hmm. And so all of these possibilities are just a reminder that I don't have the one thing I really want. Yeah, exactly. Now all the rest of it doesn't matter because you are not here. He sings uh, like this deeper kind of, he's kind of mumbles almost Mm -hmm. at two minutes and 41 seconds when he says, baby, don't you know, uh, just a different kind of singing style than what you've heard. Certainly on any other ballad on the album. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The very delivery Mm -hmm. is really interesting. Yep. Oh yeah. I think the it's a little methodical. It's slow sure. and methodical. And this is a guy that could rip it to pieces. So he's almost like holding himself back a little bit to deliver this type of song. And maybe that's what he saw as a challenge also is mm-hmm. to take, well, I'm like, he is like literally the opposite of Joni Mitchell, right? Yes. She's a little white woman. Uh-huh. I guess if he was a big old black man, he would have been like the real polar opposite right. of Joni Mitchell. But uh, <laughs> to you know find these connections with her and emulate her in a way that caused him to kind of push himself to even be more reserved and therefore more poetic. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, we get some nice guitars here near the end mm-hmm. with more of those kind of fake sounding horns. Yeah. This one does get a proper end. It does. Very simple. Again, like kind of the simple, almost like a recital type ending of a, sure. of a performance sure. on the song. Yeah. So, it would, I mean, I think that's a nice, really nice little song. Definitely dated by the synth sounds in here. Sure. And the fake horns, but also kind of nice poetry. Sure. And the first song on the album that doesn't rhyme much, uh-huh. it does in some places, but it's not a necessity right. that it rhymes. It's more his delivery that, mm-hmm. and the cadence that carries it through. It's like more mature poetry. It is very mature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I don't ever think of Joni Mitchell as being an immature, right. you know, that's thinking like a child, Joni. Uh- <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. She's much more mentally evolved. Sure. Yeah. And then the final song on the album. Mm-hmm. I'm yours. Prince didn't play this song live mm-hmm. until March 2009, over 30 years after it was released. So I saw that on Prince Vault too. I did go back, happened to have that, uh-huh. listened to it a little bit, and yes, certainly did. The same thing is true, and it's noted on Prince Vault, but not called out that much for Baby. Okay. First. And last live appearance was at the Piano and Microphone Gala in January of 2016. So actually, this is even like further removed. So the fact that it gets this little side Uh bar on Prince Vault for, you know, first and last live appearance, Baby is the one that's really remarkable, even though... I don't know, maybe it's because I'm Yours is, has more of a certain like live vibe that lends sure. itself to that kind of thing. Sure. So I was like, yeah, that's nice, Prince Vault, but you actually trumped yourself earlier with 
your little fact on baby. Not so impressed by I'm yours anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was at the conga room, also in Los Angeles, that okay. he would play this live for the first time. Boy, kicks off with cascading guitar. I'm like, this is truly 70s disco rock, like, yes. m- like leaning towards like seven hard rock. Such an interesting mix of a little almost disco-y, but more hard rock and some funk. Mm-hmm. It's a mix that's so interesting and unusual. Yeah, even on this album, yeah. it's unique and unusual. And this like main riff that we hear, it sounded so familiar to me. And I'm okay. like, where have I heard this? So I was trying to figure out if it was like inspired by another song or if it inspired another song after it. So I went poking around Prince.org. Okay. And a uh, member Joy in Repetition said they remember this being used at the opening of NBA games that were aired on CBS in the 80s. Wow. Which huh. I'm like... I have no way to confirm that. I did a lot of Googling trying to confirm that. Uh, But it sounds like that type of song. Sure. Um, So it might just be, you know, the Berenstein Bears kind (laughs) of like, what do you call those? Oh, the Mandala effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Mandela effect, not Mandala. Mandala is the thing that you I was going to let it slide, Christy, and (laughs) not correct you, but go ahead. It's the Mandela effect, because a lot of people remember Nelson Mandela dying in prison in the 90s, and he did not. He lived many years he was yeah. released from prison yes, and was. it was but that was the kind one of the things that in the Berenstain Bears. Yeah. The Berenstain yeah. Bears. Berenstain there was like Bears. there's a whole thing about the Fruit of the Loom logo too uh-huh. that everybody knows from T shirts and especially uh-huh. back of boys underwear, like the cornucopia well, I forget what the what the question remember. is, and but it's, it's you know like it's what like the fruit is in it or something like that. Yeah. And then Shazam Shazam has a... There's something about the movie Shazam. Oh, the movie. Okay. Uh Uh, I mean, I'm not an expert in high-end cinema. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's... I mean, it's a whole rabbit trail to to fall down. But, yeah. All right. We get uh, some of the best Prince screams on the whole album at the beginning-ish of the song, about mm-hmm. 29 seconds, right? Yeah, some really nice, the yes, I'm like, yeah. holy moly, yes, yeah. yes, please. He does some Prince screaming, that is for sure. <laughs> we had mentioned on pr- the previous episode some of the songs where the... Vocals seemed a little buried, and yes. the music is loud, even though there are multiple vocal tracks and Prince yes. singing with himself, they're a little softer in uh-huh. the mix. And I think none of them, none of the songs are more that way than this one. Sure. I don't think I could have figured out what he was singing without looking up lyrics. Uh huh. Truly, once I really started to try to listen and figure it out. 
get a very growly start, like we heard back in Soft and Wet and a few other places. Right? Yeah, <laughs> kind of a, like a Muppet-like. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 There's some of that Silly. going on. not out of place it's silly but it's not out of place with the music yeah no i agree i mean it's not like a goofy thing it's just it's here and he hits it a few times on the album and the album's only 33 minutes long so you right take notice right a lot of this is prince proclaiming his virginity so this is where like the linear story of sandwiching baby in the middle of the album Uh kind of comes out of nowhere when you get here and he says you know there's a empty space in his bed uh-huh. forever and then he sees you and all he can think of is having you there and the you know you're gonna fill the empty space for him uh-huh. and then literally at a minute and nine seconds never have i ever made love before uh-huh. never have i wanted to till now Okay, so I wondered, I'm like, so has he never made love or has he never had sex? sex?" Okay. So maybe he's had sex, but he'd never wanted to do the making love, like slow down. This isn't like a, you know, hit it and quit it situation. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I was like, never have I ever. I went on another deep Googling rabbit hole to try and find the the origins of the popular high school and college drinking game. Oh, never. Never have I ever. (laughs) Okay. Trying to figure out, did this, did he play this or did he invent this or, and I couldn't find it. Yeah. Or was he trying to fill syllables? Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are uh, at a minute and 20 seconds in that same spot there, you can hear the drippy percussion that's used throughout this whole thing. I swear like Chinese water torture was (laughs) a good way to keep time in the late 70s (laughs) somehow or plumbing issues. So much great guitars. Oh yeah. yeah, the first... Part of Prince taking off with a fierce guitar solo in a minute and 28 seconds, uh, leading right into another growly delivery of, I'll give you what you want, Uh but please love me now, Uh, you're the teacher, show me how. This deference to... Again, like letting a woman lead the way. Mm-hmm. Two minutes and 49 seconds, his guitars and his voice kind of melt together in a really very satisfying way. Yeah. You become an very expert at that. Way. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it even happens a little earlier, like the second chorus which to me is the never have I ever made love before and ever wanted to until now. Uh-huh. Uh, lover, can't you see? I want you more and more. Take me, baby. I'm yours. And at two minutes and 17 seconds when he says I'm yours, there's the guitar part there that the guitar also seems to sing. I'm, I'm yours. yours. Uh-huh. Yeah, this stuff going in the background. It's pretty, pretty cool and very well done. And then... Mm-hmm. 
essentially get what three and a half minutes of gu- guitar god jamming. Uh-huh. That's but right, and some really fabulous drums. Too. I was going to say the same thing. Don't ignore his drum work on this because yeah. it's also live drums. Yeah. This isn't Lindrum Prince. This is a drum kit. Uh huh. And lots of breaks and no real drum solo, but the drums are doing their own thing. They're keeping time, but there are accents and, you know, the starts mm-hmm. and stops that have been the hallmark of the whole album that happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also super fast bass guitar work. At 4 minutes and 16 seconds to 4 minutes and 25 seconds. Which uh, seem, I mean, to lean towards him actually playing at that speed, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, it's so fast. Very, very fast. Very, very cool. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, there's a very 70s rock sound here. Mm -hmm. You can really tell that he was influenced and influenced others. You can hear a little Zeppelin and some Rush and Floyd and the things that would have been popular, you know, in the mid seventies. For sure. He was probably listening to music, trying to emulate some of the things he was hearing so that he knew how to do that with his fingers and mm-hmm. like, Oh, how do that's I play cool. that? How do yeah. I play that? I'm going to learn how to do that. And, Yep. You can totally hear that here. Yeah, and even though you could say this album has a lean towards disco, there is a lot of range, right? Between uh-huh. his own, you know, a cappella singing to like we said drippy percussion and bass and the moog uh uh-huh. you know keyboard yeah. and then you get you know rock things like this that uh-huh. are like pretty kick ass. It's so diverse Mm -hmm. and uh, he did an article or uh, an interview for an article with a newspaper in Minneapolis and like in 1978 or 79 and he really talked about that he was there with Owen Husney I think okay Um, they mention it in the article that his you know manager was there and yeah uh, he talks about how you know, you. I really hate that I have to pigeonhole this album somewhere. I hate that I have to make give it a particular mm-hmm. genre because it doesn't fit in one. There's yeah. all kinds of stuff here. Yeah, I mean, I thought that growing up, like, where is Prince's music? It's an R and B soul. Yeah, uh, and it doesn't. There would be no place to put it. You know, I think. You'd have Prince albums the, all over the store. Uh, yeah, I think towards the end of like actual you know, racks of CDs in music stores, they finally got around to let's just put artists alphabetically. Yeah. Because so many of them, you know, overlap. Uh-huh. Um, I almost feel like Prince led the way there too. Sure. And lots of artists, of course, did that, but um, certainly he did in a big way. Yeah. All right. We've reached the end of the album finally. So Finally? Yeah. I mean, No, I mean finally because <laughs> this is the end of a second album. <clears throat> or like, Two hours into talking about a, you know, 33-minute yep. album. Yep. Lots of stories, though, to cover. And, uh, I mean, I think it's evident the amount of work that was put into 
making this, especially Absolutely. like when you compare it to an album like Dirty Mind mm-hmm. that was purposefully, you know, yeah. rough. Uh-huh. And this is extremely polished. Yeah, and I, I'll read stuff where people say it was overproduced. And I'm like, I can mm-hmm. see where you say that, but I don't think it was. I think it was expertly think, produced. Yeah. It was very particular in the way that it was done. And so in that way, it's very nice. Yeah, there's a very lush sound to the whole thing, but there is a wide range. And I'm not just talking about dynamic range of sound, but from, I mean, if you said I've got 33 minutes to introduce myself and I've got my voice to feature, I've got my songwriting to feature, I'm going to eventually get to slaying the guitar on this tube. Uh I'm going to play some acoustic guitar and all the drums and keyboards. I mean, it's a lot to ask of 33 minutes. Yeah. Um, and I think if you want to hear an overproduced album, then fast forward to, you know, us covering Emancipation, for sure. example. There's like, it was so overproduced in parts that it lost a lot of its personality mm-hmm. and can come off as very one note. And if there's one thing this album is not, it's one, it's note. one note. That's very true. All right. Well, it's time for us to make selections. It's about time. We choose three things. We choose a time capsule, something mm-hmm. that exemplifies the time period at which the material was recorded or when it was released. All of this is pretty close. So late 70s, the C, the low point, and the high point, our mountain. Right. All right. So these are my rules. So I go first. Mm -hmm. So I had a little thought, random thought while I, I was preparing for this. I'm like, man, soft and wet was really successful And it was new and fresh, but in a way that was still pretty accessible to late 70s audiences. It still had a 70s sound, but it was a 70s sound, but different. But just as long as we're together was pretty commercial and really very disco-y 70s sounding. And that's why it appealed to the record execs. Okay. That's why Prince chose it to be the thing that he proved himself on was just as long as we're together okay still fresh and still interesting but much more disco like than most of the rest of the album because he felt like this was going to be the commercial thing that was going to pull them in okay and allow him to produce his first Mm -hmm. album so just as long as we're together there's your time capsule that's a good one yeah and also knowing that it's the song that he you know demoed his yeah. uh, you know recording studio chops right to prove to them that he could handle it that makes sense well I went with the obvious soft and wet because okay. I uh, am much more shallow than you <laughs> but I just thought of you know duh it's the way Prince and the record company decided to introduce himself to the world it was the first song that most people heard yeah. of Prince perfect mixture of you know I mean, I think it's pretty overt, but there's still innuendo in his delivery of it with the falsetto makes it much more innocent than it really is. Uh-huh. Um, and him playing every single instrument and singing every voice on it, you know, every vocal. Yeah. That's the time capsule to me. Super fair. All right. The C. You were very surprised when I said that oh, it you, was easy for me to pick this. Yes. And that's, I'm like, that's all I know about yes. your selections was that it was easy for you to pick a C. Yeah. 
And that C is for me is that the vocals are so low oh. in the mix. Oh, the production technique. It, it really was. And okay. I don't know if that's because if they're low because that was his artist choice. If yeah. it was an artist choice, I think it was a mistake. Okay. I would have liked to have his vocals up a little louder in okay. the mix or if it was a technical issue that they just decided not to correct if they ever do a remaster of this i hope mm-hmm. that they'll increase the volume of those vocals okay. a little bit so that we can hear the really lush lovely work that okay. went into those i did not expect that that came out of nowhere to me <laughs> um but makes sense i agree it makes me think of that, uh, you know, disclaimer on early CDs was that the, because of the high dynamic range of compact discs that it could uh, reveal the limitations of the source tape. Oh. Yeah. So there could be a little bit of that there. Sure. So yeah, for me, before we started our coverage, I thought that the C was going to be super hard for me to pick because I thought there were a lot of songs I just didn't care for the style uh-huh. of. And now that I've had this focused time with it, it's probably the hardest thing for me to pick. Uh-huh. And it did not cross my mind to be sneaky and make <laughs> it a production technique, which I think is pretty evil. Because um, I don't think this album has many valleys really at all. First of all, it doesn't have a lot of time for it at 33 minutes and nine songs. So I can immediately el- eliminate the title track, In Love, Soft and Wet, Just As Long As We're Together, My Love Is Forever, and I'm Yours. They were like, I'm never going to not listen to those. Mm -hmm. And that left the three ballads for me. So I was like, how am I going to pick between these ballads? So Crazy You to me, it was short and sweet. And it made the cut because it was short and sweet. So Blue to me, inspired by Joni Mitchell and him going out on a limb to stretch, you know, his own musical horizons to a degree. So my notes say, bingo, that means it made the cut. It didn't make my C. So Uh that just left baby for me. And because it seems to be like the one song on here that's not inspired by his own experience. Okay. Even though it's maturely written and maturely sung and maturely performed, the other eight songs on the album just forced my hand to pick it. It's not even my fault. (laughs) It's not my fault. It just picked itself. Yep. And also, like I said, it almost is a little recital-ish to me. If I had to pick one that seemed like Maybe a touch over-rehearsed. Okay. Not overproduced, but over-rehearsed. Okay. Okay. It's not a very deep sea, though. I don't no. like doing this. It doesn't give me any pleasure. It's shallow. It's not the Mariana Trench of seas. All right. The Mountain. The Mountain. I like this entire album way more than I expected to. And it kind of has a dated sound, but my favorite song, the one that I really like, just enjoy listening to the most is In Love. I knew you were going to pick it. Just listening to the last episode, listening it back. Yeah. And hearing you describe the falling, falling, uh-huh. falling. Yeah. It is sneaky good. It is and, so, yeah. and it's like romantic without yeah. being too sappy. Yeah. And it's upbeat and happy and I'm just in love with In Love. Aww. Kismet. Um, I had to go through the same process of elimination. Like, how am I going to pick my favorite? Because I too enjoyed this album from start to finish way more than I thought we that I would. And I thought it was going to kind of be a let's get this done. We're kind uh-huh. of committed to doing this podcast, <laughs> and so we must do it. And I couldn't have been more wrong. So uh-huh. bad on me. So 
here's my process. In love, I love it also. And there uh-huh. was this one line in it, uh, you're breaking my heart and taking me away. Uh-huh. Towards the end, that was just awesome. But it is a little simple of a song okay. in a good way, but it's not complex. Uh, soft and what was too obvious to me, even though I love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, my love is forever. It was just kind of like a feel-good song, but very... G-rated, right. you know, something for everyone on this album. I would think that would sort of fit. Like you could play this for your grandparents and uh-huh. they might dig it. Yeah. I'm yours. He rocks it. Uh-huh. There's so much great guitar work after an album that's largely devoid of any electric guitar solos. So it's almost like makes it stand out even more. Like yeah. you're building up to this, I'm a rock god kind of thing. But I have to give it to just as long as we're forever. That, or just as long as we're <laughs> together. I mixed a merge just as long as we're together with my love is forever. And I got just as long as we're forever. <laughs> uh, be a cool DJ mix of those two songs. A mashup. I just think it's Pinnacle Prince where there's this song and lyrics that are great. But the most interesting stuff comes long after, like the radio edit fades out. Right. You know, um, you get this instrumental part that is so complex, and there's so much you hear so much of what would what was to come. Yeah. There, it almost made my time capsule, but for the read that it was like a crystal ball looking into the future. Uh-huh. So that's why I didn't make it. That's not what a time capsule is, right? <laughs> Um, and it's six minutes and 25 seconds. It's the longest song on the album, mm-hmm. and it might not be long enough. Okay. It could keep going. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It really could. Yeah. So I will sum it all up by just saying, overall, I feel like I truly added nine more songs to my standard Prince catalog that I will re- revisit these all forever uh-huh. after largely ignoring it for so long. I've been like, clamoring for you know more unreleased music to be released and i we sort of found it here uh-huh just from our own or my own neglect uh-huh somebody's shaking their fist how did you not know this was great josh yeah i mean i didn't think it was bad i was just like this is, it's almost like a Joni mitchell album uh-huh. like, yeah other people like it but not really me uh-huh and now you're like oh yeah no it is me yeah i'm 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 kind maybe of thankful it wasn't, maybe it wasn't you 20 or 25 years ago, oh, but that's it is true. you now. Now that I'm in a state of mental decline. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> that is not what I meant. Uh, really, really strong first yeah. album. Yeah. Um, and I also thought of like in today's music industry, you hire a teenager. He comes in to write, produce, play all the instruments, but it takes like four years to have a real legit hit like uh-huh. it took Prince oh, to get geez. to 1999 yeah um, shows a whole lot of patience shows that the industry has changed a lot yeah um, but also let him kind of get some of this stuff out of the way like sounds that he was emulating uh-huh. and then kind of his follow-up to this is a progression but largely in the same musical category uh-huh dirty mind like out of the blue and then controversy he finds his sound and like comes alive in 1999 i just don't think that if there i feel badly thinking is there another prince out there and would they even make it long enough have the be afforded that kind of timeline that kind of runway to find their sound by the time they're freaking 23 um right. would be tough 
Yeah. I think it would be really tough. Well, yes. But I will say there's so much home equipment and technological help that young mm. people can get now so that even if they didn't have the chance to necessarily develop that in a professional studio setting there, if they've got the tenacity like Prince had there, hopefully, hopefully that next Prince is out there honing that with equipment that's so advanced yeah. that they're able to, get there before they get their record deal. It's a shame that that's the way it yeah. happens. I mean, I'm now. just thinking like if uh, Beyonce and Destiny's Child would not have gotten four albums of, you know, patience and like tapping your hands on the desk, like we need a big one, man. Uh-huh. So as much as Prince had an issue with Warner Brothers, he was right in saying uh, they gave me this opportunity. Yeah. And that's certainly true. Yeah. Yeah. So that closes the proper album for you. And Christy's looking at me like, I don't know what we're doing next. Next time you're going to have to tell me about it. Next time. There is an insane amount of unreleased material recorded during this time and up to the record plant recording sessions. We could spend an awful lot of time in this era. We're going to spend a good amount of time in this era. So, Um, we're going to have a number of episodes covering unreleased and early alternate versions of songs that made the album, some that did not. We're going to kick it off with, we're going to do them in five song episodes, at least for the next handful. Um, but the next episode is going to have a heavy lean into soft and wet. Okay. Uh, it's almost the soft and wet maxi single episode of the mountains and the sea there are early versions of the song also a disco mix that we'll give a quick listen to um but then we'll also include an alternate version of my love is forever an early version of it okay just another sucker that was officially released as part of 94 east and donna an unreleased song recorded in the late 70s by young mr nelson excellent wonderful I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much for listening. We know you make a choice when you listen to us. We don't just come on the radio somewhere. You take the time to download and uh, put us in your ears for an hour or more talking about, uh, you know, four songs. Why not? What else we have to do? (laughs) If you have a purple friend who you've not yet mentioned our podcast to and you think that they might enjoy it, please do mention it. It is so much more fun. You can listen with a friend. Rate, review, wherever you get podcasts. And until next time, happy purple listening, friends. Thanks for sticking with us in the 70s. So Chris Moon... So (laughs) Chris (laughs) Moan. Plant your flag, baby. (laughs) 